Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. you see though what's what's on the 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 all the pro bowl all whites versus all blacks oh, oh yeah pro i bowl. heard about Thank that you. man I, like the problem Dude. is the, there's the whites don't have any secondary that's the problem bro literally that's i think what jj watt said and somebody responded to him and got yeah, i'll pull it up dude but yeah he was he made a comment like you know a satirical comment about it and the guy was just not having it, I'll pull it up. I, I think it would be a good game outside of that one fact <laughs> bro dude it'd be bro. a great game like you start going through the list like i bet i can find some people um okay yeah so this is what he question said. is who does mahomes play for that's that's the thing so this there's there's he does not play not so play richard, the all-time richard, qb brett richard mendenhall tweeted out this white versus black and jj uh commented on we get cooked at corner not gonna lie nobody on our squad is covering tyreek and this random guy said ignorant ignorant ignoring the blatant racism god forbid a white guy stand up for himself random guy <laughs> jj just goes at him bro this is just like a random guy who tweeted it like in the comments he goes buddy listen we don't need to be offended offended by everything in the entire world he said white guys can't play football i thought to myself if I, i'm a white guy i'm pretty good at football and concluded that his statement has had no validity. Instead of arguing, I had some fun, and so he he's roasting people. I uh, I love that. I, I, I mean, love the uh, entire conversation. Like I think it's so it's so great. The best one was Will Compton. Uh, his video that he he made of breaking down the lineup of who would play on the all white squad. That's what and it, it was funny because he was saying, like, because you were asking who gets Patrick Mahomes, who gets the halfsies. And Will Compton was like, well, here, this is what we do with the halfsies. Like, if they, if they could say the word, then, then they, they're on the all blacks. If, if they don't really say the word, like, they're, they're, they're cleaned up and, like, don't say the word, then, you know, <laughs> you go all white. I forgot, I forgot what, who Pat McAfee had on, but I was watching him ask the, this of somebody. And they said they should do it like the Chappelle draft. So like the Chappelle show had that, and they yes, and they the draft. that's that's how they said. I forgot who it was. I'd have to pull and look for who that who said that. But yeah, I'm pulling I'm pulling this up. All right, here we go. So the pick the QB is Josh Allen, and then the QB for the All Black team is Jalen Hurts. So hold on, I guess hold on, hold they're, on. they're only doing current right now. They're only doing current. Yeah, but who the fuck picks Josh Allen over Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow's I mean, hurt. Yeah, but I mean, like, this. Oh, is we're talking about if the game like, was tomorrow. Okay, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah bar, barring injury, like, all these people are healthy, we're going to say. I'm with you, though. I mean, I'm biased, but I'm with you. Joe, no, <laughs> on Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow over Burrow Josh Allen. Is, uh, much better than Josh Allen. Joe Burrow is much better. So Christian McCaffrey at running back, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, Justin Watson. Interesting you know, wide receiver lineup. You know what was funny too? Uh, Will Compton, he said on the secondary when he got to the defense, he's like, Christian McCaffrey's just going to have to play both ways. <laughs> he's going to have to go play safety. <laughs> Dude, I like Cooper I, Cup, maybe. I don't know. The, the D-line for the Whites, TJ Watt, Bosa Brothers, and Max Crosby. Pretty. That's oh, pretty nasty. 
it's apparently it's unanimous that Max Crosby belongs to the All Blacks. That's ridiculous wait what I, that's why i keep seeing when people kept talking about it the okay. whites don't get max crosby because i haven't seen okay, max crosby I mean, does, does the black team get mike mcdaniels is the wait, coach is, that... is max crosby half and half no he, he's white but yeah, he's, yeah he's he's a ginger but i mean he he you know he's i don't know how to explain how to explain it to you uh, um, <laughs> to where it's a uh, appropriate I mean, yeah i'm not, not trying gonna... to expose myself on this podcast <laughs> right now but maybe later i can explain it to you uh when i don't have to be what, pg-13 what other wide receivers i mean we're we're pretty r-rated but we're hold, not, on, hold on hold on we're look not... your wide receivers okay all whites yeah cooper cup Cooper Cup, Travis right. Kelsey, Sam. I mean, tight ends are stacked. George Kittle, Sam Laporta. Uh, they, got, they got Travis Kelsey. TJ, TJ, they have Travis Kelsey? But you yeah. see, I think the whole point is you go two way. sets. You go you go two tight end sets. You do Kelsey and Kittle, and then you have McCaffrey. So, like, Kittle's, like, more of a blocking tight end anyway. And Kelsey, basically, is, like, that kind of matchup issue. And then you only go, like, two wide receivers. No, you only go one wide. You get you put Cooper Cup, and then you go like three tight ends with Hawkinson, Kittle, and <laughs> that's true. You could do and that. Kelsey, it just like you're, you're, you just it's gonna be Iowa. slow and methodical down the field. But. You Iowa that shit. That's what Will Compton said. We could easily win this like a seventeen to ten, like a ten to three game or thirteen to seven game. <laughs> Bro, they put they put Hunter Renfro and Braxton Berrios at cornerback. <laughs> for, for this list and in quotations need hard-working underside special teamers that's uh <laughs> that's that's accurate yeah and i think the wide receiver lineup is is a question that is for sure i mean they've got adam Thielen and justin watson so especially when you're going against uh tyree uh, aj brown and justin jefferson are on this list which is i mean you just got it you got to get like whoever plays on Iowa's defense, like cornerback, whoever it, starts a, a cornerback for Iowa. Yeah, I think it's the okay cornerbacks they, they for have, Iowa are still. End, so it works out. I mean, they have Kyle Pitts a tight end, and all balances out as long as. Yes, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess it's incremental on the other positions. Like the tight ends, like better, but like the secondary is like a big gap. I mean, that's like noticeable. Yeah, and I'm back. Like, you're fine, but. Like I've seen some memes of like trying to guard uh, some mailman trying to guard Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, and I'm like, bro, good luck finding anybody that could cover those three guys on the same side. Damn, bro. Yeah, this 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 guy went and just took this and ran with it. Kevin Kincaid on crossingboard.com this guy wrote an article and went into detail on each he was waiting for this moment this is this is the guy you can tell was waiting for this so good, you might have funny. had that conversation before yeah exactly he's one it's of a funny guys. topic it's a funny topic to come around and i think it's like it's one of those things it's not like it's one of it's weird because it's very race related but for the most part it's not looked at negatively it's like not oh it's racist it's because and i think it's because uh pat mcafee talked about it how all these 
everything everybody is saying, especially the pro athletes, when they comment on this, is because this is the kind of stuff that hap- that is talked about in yeah. the locker rooms. Like, you know, if a if uh, Darius Butler was to get cooked by some white wide receiver, like he wouldn't hear he wouldn't hear the end of it for weeks. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was pretty funny, and I thought that that was pretty cool. That, yeah. That whole, Trend. It's nice, like the loosening that we're seeing from certain things. I'll tell you this though: that game would be watched ten times more than any Pro Bowl event that they've tried to do. That is very that true. <laughs> I mean, how could they possibly execute this? I mean, is this is this even like? Could they really do this? Like, could this be pulled off? I don't think so. <laughs> like, who? I mean, who, it's hard enough to pull off the playoffs. It's hard enough to pull off the Pro Bowl. I mean, no one wants to actually play and get injured, you know? Yeah. If you, but if you get an all-black versus an all-white game, I mean, I don't know. Potential. I think all-black would be favored by... The real question is the spread. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's the real question here, because you're not actually going to, like, hey, but, like, you, what, what do you think the spread would be? I mean, minus 49 and a half yeah. <laughs> on the all black side. No, no, no I think minus I, 1200 honestly, favorite. The problem, the problem is, is like literally, it's... sorry to interrupt you, but the problem is, is like the wide receivers for the blacks. I mean, you're, you're literally going to, I mean, every single possession you're going to score because we have no cornerbacks. Us whites, we have no cornerbacks. So I think yeah, 49 and a half is being honestly generous. I don't think so because I feel like in this scenario, if you get to go like all star teams, if you do all star teams, like it favors the offense, right? Even if you get the all pro, like defensive teams, like in general, if you do all star teams and times of practice, like football naturally favors the offense. That's why there's points scored, right? I think that the all white team would score pretty often. A forty nine and a half is like saying that you're not actually you're not gonna be able to score enough. I understand like, oh, in theory they can just throw it deep, but I mean there's you know, there's different sets. I mean, you look at like Alabama plays, you know, Jacksonville State and doesn't score every possession. That's true. But Alabama's not they're professional like, football player. <laughs> well, I mean, but same thing, that these guys are gonna be better than the you know, D two corners that or whatever offense? that cover Alabama. That offense will be lucky to get a field goal, bro. What? I don't, I don't, I don't think you're that's. Just, I all, think you're Jason wrong. Kelsey, all the offensive, the not. Okay, I, it's true. I don't know. I feel like the offensive line has to be advantage um, to the all white team. I don't know. I mean, I mean, when you got Miles Jason on Kelsey? the other end and whatnot, it. Yeah, I don't. I think it's. I think it's neutral. Like I think both are great. Right. They even each other out. Play? Offensive line, Lane Johnson, Zach Martin, Jason Kelsey, uh, Joel Batonio. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, that's going to be tough. And David Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Again, D-line is Son Reddick, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, and Chris Jones. Dude, that's – that's dude. I mean, that's gross. You got Aaron I, Donald I, I, and Chris dude. Jones in the middle. Bro, you're done. I don't care who you are. You're done. Okay, no, I, flip I, it to the other side. You're telling me with the Watt brothers and yeah, Bosa? And the Bosa. Like, but yeah. that's secondary, though. <laughs> that's yeah. secondary, though. 
I mean, their offensive line, Trent Williams, Mike on when you, I don't know, Jeffrey Simmons, Tyler Smith, and Tyron Smith. I mean, Joe Burrow's used to playing quarterback with two seconds to throw, so. That is true. <laughs> Spent yeah, most I of his think, uh, I think I, I side with Brett on this one. I think the offensive line for the flats would be uh, a pretty good, pretty good wall, at least for a second. Football is one in the trenches. <laughs> I will just tell you this. Football is one in the trenches. There's no doubt the secondary is the biggest weakness. Dude, Miles Garrett will be crossing crossing up that all-whites line, bro. Dead ass. I would put the spread no like hesitation. I have no hesitation. We know who on you're that. betting on. We know who you're betting on. Brett, what would be the spread? What do you think the spread is? I think 14 and a half. That's a solid. That's solid. That's solid. I also think, as you said, Iowa, they're going to limit possessions, right? Yeah, they're gonna try to dominate time of possession. That's their way to win, bro. Yeah, I mean, if they go on, you know, a couple six-minute drives, each team might get the ball. What? I think. And the thing, like the thing is, when the All Blacks team gets the ball, they're scoring pretty quickly. It's not gonna take them long. They're like, uh, yeah, and then the defense like, gets tired because they score too quick. It's like USC, right? No, that's, that's exactly what I thought. If you're, on, if you're on the field that much against the Quats, you're going to get tired. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be on there for a minute like and a that. half. I'm just saying they're not they're not going to be on their, the field for seven minutes. Why, why can't I say it like that? I can't say it like that, bro. <laughs> it just sounds it sounds like you're in the racist. Sounds like you're in like the Tarantino movie. You're in like Django or something. Yeah, that's that's probably where I got it from. I think it's just well, funny to say it like that. Hello, two fans. Um, I don't know if you noticed yet, but we got our boy Brett Triple B, not 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 the the Triple big B we used to know, the big baller brand. We're talking about Brett's best bets. Yep, that's the that's the real Triple B right there. He's joining us because you know what time it is. Mm. It's bowl time. Speaking of this which, wonderful time be, of the year. I will be at the Texas Bowl to support A and M. Will you? I will not. (laughs) (laughs) We know you're not going to do that. I will watch it. I will watch it. Actually, you know what came through my head when when I saw it? I was scrolling down, like, reading the Bulls, and I thought to myself, shit, I have to watch that game because that's the Bull game. And so I have to sit down and watch the whole A&M game, no matter how miserable it is. It's just, just tough to watch. I'm ready for next year. But I'm excited for Brett's uh, analysis here. Hey, Brett. We've already, had a, we've already had a few games. I feel like even in my own school, you're more in touch with what's going on. I saw this thing today, if it's true. It, did Evan Stewart really go yes, into the transfer portal? Is that for real? Yeah, unfortunately. What? Okay, what about... um? Why am I blanking on his name? D-Tackle. Yeah, he's Walter Nolan. Yeah, Walter yeah, Nolan. Transfer Damn, he was number one. He was the number one guy. Wait, so he yeah. so he officially he officially or he the, is are you still going back on? I, I mean, I'll fact check, but I'm pretty sure he's in the portal. Because he can withdraw. So, like ours, he's down to Ole Miss in Oregon yeah. as of 23 hours. He's ago. Yeah, he's not coming in. Who? Walter Nolan. Ole Miss, so man. Likes- I don't know where they're getting all these transfer guys. It's and that's what so they're like focusing he, on. So he like he, they like for real for real leaving. But yeah, your whole class. Dang, I might need five. Yeah, it's supposed to be the high. year, man. 
Yeah, we're starting. We're starting from a uh, square one, but I like I like starting back from square one. I think that's. I think we're gonna build appropriately. This well, time. I just I, I was hoping. I knew most of the the class, the team was gonna bolt, but I was hoping a couple of like nice pieces would stay. I was. Ho- I, I mean, I was pretty optimistic that Evan Stewart was gonna stay. Um. Walter Nolan, I was kind of hoping. I know it was a long shot. I was kind of hoping he would flip back. I don't want to rehash this argument, but this is part of what I was saying earlier. Like, people that are going to A&M, like those class, they just went for the money, so they don't feel the same. Like, Oh, yeah, we're aware of that. Whereas, like, for example... But this is a different example. Why can't it be the coaches? It could be, and maybe that's why they're leaving. But if, for example, say Ryan, he's an LSU DB, five-star, he's like a freshman or sophomore, he entered the transfer portal, and he decided to stay because he said, I'm from Louisiana, I'm not leaving Louisiana, I got to play for my team. He stayed. So I, I, there's, just, there's just not necessarily that same kind of sense of, like, yeah, because it's Texas grow up wanting to represent something at, at, at A&M. And I'm not saying that they – that's a silly argument because you're talking about the state of Texas versus the state of Louisiana, which is a fourth of the size. Hold on, hold on. That's silly. That, so yeah, I LSU, just, it doesn't the matter. Only, the the only just, school you want to play for in Louisiana is LSU. That would be the only school. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. Hold on, before you go, Brett. I think this is a dumb argument because it's comparing apples to oranges. Your situation, yeah. first of all. Why did he enter the transfer portal anyway? No one knows. And then decides DC. to come back. All right. Good, good, good for him. But at the same time, it's not com- comparable to our situation because we have a new head coach coming in. We, this happens all the time when a new regime comes in. Sure. The people, especially in, I knew this was going to happen when they didn't hire Elijah Robinson as the head coach. I knew a lot of these players were going to bolt. But I guarantee you, if he would have stayed, if they would have got him to stay, he, a lot of these players wouldn't be hitting the transfer portal. I can almost guarantee that. And so, I, I mean, say what you want, but it ain't about the money. It's, it's clear, like, you know, it, it, it's these players really get tied to a coach, you know, and that's yeah. – it's who recruits him. It's you know. who like talks to him, goes into the house, talks to them. Yeah. So I just think the situations aren't comparable because no matter what, we could have had the most blue bread, whatever historical program. When you have a coaching change, this is the kind of stuff that just happens. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll get off the subject. I just I think personally that the the players that go on average that go to a school like A&M versus the players that go to a school like Alabama or Georgia or LSU feel more of the connection to those schools than to A&M. And that's part of the problem by argument when we were talking about like tier jobs and like tier one, tier two, tier this three. That's what upsets me about him is he says, we'll move on from the subject, but then gives a 60-second no, just last <laughs> that was word. 10 seconds and then i and then you know we're that's, just... last look, word so we can't respond let's move on but real quick let me just tell you how i feel yeah let's just move on <laughs> yeah, um it's two like, fans please on. strike please strike all his last 30 yeah. seconds strike <laughs> it out of the testimony yeah. please yeah. um because let's talk let's talk bowl games i want to get educated here i want to know what's going on i want to know brett 
I know we're kind of like a few weeks off of this now, but how'd you feel about the, how the college football playoff shaped up? I mean, the right four teams I actually made like the most money I made the whole season was actually not even on betting on a game, but it was actually betting on the college football playoff. So late Saturday night, he mispriced like the, all the sports book grossly mispriced the markets. They had like Florida state, like minus 900 to make it and plus 470 to miss it. And then they had like uh, Texas as like, you know, minus 300 or minus 400 and plus, you know, 200 to miss. And then they had Bama almost like even money each way. So the sports folks really thought that it was between Texas and Alabama. And that's what people were betting against. I was, you know, watching the games, a huge fan of football, kind of knowing how these things shake out. I'm listening to the commentary and the tide turn on Twitter, on ESPN, everyone talking about, well, you know, trying to prepare everyone, like, well, Florida State's not the, the top four team. You know, they have this injury clause. So I loaded up on plus 470 Florida State to miss the playoff. And I hedged with Alabama to miss the playoff at only like minus 120. So it was essentially like a risk-free bet, less Alabama went in over Texas, which I just thought had a 0% chance of happening because Texas straight up beat Alabama. And um, so I, I guess that's what I was essentially betting on. I was betting a lot of money on it being Florida State out and not Texas out. Um, and, you know, that was it, it just I woke up the next morning, the markets kind of shifted down and, it, you know, it got announced Texas was the three seed, as I figured, and then Bama in over Florida State. Uh, you know, I think it's the right call. I think that at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it's four best teams and it's four most deserving teams. There's kind of like a, you know, balance between the two, right? Because if you want the four best teams, like, then it's like, well, why is why are you playing the games, right? Because technically Oregon's still better than Washington right now. Or technically Ohio State or, you know, Georgia or whatever are always going to be up there regardless of how they are on the field. But, wait, just did you just how... say somebody made an argument that Oregon's still better than Washington? Vegas power ratings, yes. Like if Oregon and Washington played again, Oregon would be favored again. But wow. Washington already beat the ass twice. Yeah, two times. That's yeah. that's just not how the market works. It's it's all about you know that's just one game and it's it's a lot about you know stats and strengths for for you know basically position by position how your performances are. Like Washington was shaky in the middle of the year. I mean, like it, it, according to ESPN's FPI, which is horrific by the way, trusted Vegas power ratings, not FPI. They have like Penn State as the third best team, ESPN's FBI. What? Like Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State ahead of Alabama and Georgia. Those are the top three. Wow. No, I mean, yeah, three FBI Big Ten broke. teams. Don't trust that. I know it's. Don't even get me started. Well, we're gonna get there. Don't worry. I'll finish with that one. But um, yeah. So at the end of the day, like no one wanted to see, you know, Florida State in the playoff. They weren't a top four team. Like without their quarterback. ACC was kind of shaky. Personally, I think they were going to get blown out in the playoff even if they had their starting quarterback. The ACC was just pretty, you know, it was really, really bad. Like, by far the worst power conference. Big 12 is close, but I actually believe in big Texas, you know, because they've at least, you know, beaten Alabama, albeit early in the season. Um, so, I think they I, got it right. I have no worries. We'll see what happens when they go to 12. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's crazy how this shit works. Because I remember when the top four was revealed, how Florida State was left out and everybody's outraged. I remember thinking, man, how did none of us see this coming? Of course, there's really 
years back, never been controversy controversy over who the top four teams are. Usually it's pretty dead set. And for most years, most years, Georgia and Alabama would have got in. I mean, it's happened multiple times before. And But of course, the final year of the 14 playoffs, and it's probably the most controversial of all the years of the top four. And then now we're going into the 12 team. And it's just crazy how that works, but I forgot what I was going with that. It's, it's fitting. It's honestly fitting that we have this problem on the very last year before we go into the expanded format. So just, it just again shows how that was a smart move by anybody who was involved in it. I mean, come on. Yeah. At least now it's, at least now it's like, if you're 13, like you're going to be upset. You didn't get into 12. Like, are we really, you think we're ever really going to have that conversation? Like, Oh, that number 13 team could have been the Cinderella at 12, but got screwed. I don't think that's really ever going to, I mean, it probably will, but not to the degree of this. So I didn't read up. Um, how are they doing the top 12 teams? I know they announced how they're doing like how they're setting it up as far as like, I think it's going to be four conference champs, seven at large. And then the group of five, the highest ranked group of five champions. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So essentially, what should be the top 11, top 11 teams on the rankings? And then the last member is group of five, best group of five. Let's move team. to uh, bowl games. Yeah. For you. There's a, I mean, I'm, I mean, we're catching yeah, up I, mean, I got a little hard. bit of time. You got a little bit of time? I'm sorry. Are we, are we wasting your time? <laughs> no, I have time. I know we're already at eight. Still got to go call. I got to place in all my bets and write the article for tomorrow on Seth's games. So, Ooh, we'll yeah, we'll multi part special. But uh, no, so rolling into it. I- I'm so tired of Koopa Five games, man. Just get. I just want some real teams. I'm tired of watching this high school crap, man. Like, <laughs> for 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 those who aren't, I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm like 20 games over 500 in non Koopa Five teams, and I think I'm like 15 games under five. Yeah, I'm 22 games over 500 in non Koopa Five teams, and I'm like 12 games under 500 in the Group of Five games. Like, it's just. Is there you know, I mean, I don't put as much that... money on Group of Five. I feel like I have to give out a one pick a bowl game, right? You know, no one wants someone that doesn't give out any picks. But I mean, is just... there is there anybody from the games that have already been played? Is there any of them that you want to touch on, or should we just? Oh my them? god! Oh my god! I mean, yes, let's don't don't go through It'll... all of them. But I no, mean, no, no, like, no, no. I you know, give us the highlights. I, just, I don't want to yeah, hear about. Need... Howard in Florida A and M. I don't really care. Oh no, yeah, I'll give you a recap of last weekend. So we had, uh, uh, like quick tidbits. So if you would have bet the first half, all the picks I gave out, I would have gone six and two. Because and then the second half, like basically screwed like all, like half of those. So it's basically flipped. The worst one of all, oh my god, by far was Old Dominion. The Old Dominion laying two and a half. I'm at two and a half. Pretty good number. I think it closed at like three, three and a half. Or maybe, no, I think it closed at six and a half. Um, Western Kentucky. Old, Old Dominion was up 28-0 with like 10 minutes left in the second quarter. 28-0. Then they were up 35-14 entering the fourth quarter. And just completely capitulated. They missed like two field goals, turned the ball over, and Western Kentucky scored 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to tie the game. 
then in overtime, Old Dominion had like the ball first and goal from like the two. And then they had like third or fourth and goal from the one and then like false started. They decided to kick the field goal from the five yard line as the first ones to go in overtime. And then the field goal got blocked. And then Western Kentucky could then kick it. I mean, thank God in the, the ESPN bowl pick them, they, had, they have the opening lines. So it was Old Dominion plus three and a half. Oh, that line's, you know, I, I, I still got a W in the, in the bowl pick them, but I mean, my overall bet at minus two and a half, I mean, like 28 to zero and 35, 14 in the fourth quarter, just like, just ridiculous. Jeez. So, you know, that's, I that's do. what, that's what happens in the group of five games, but, but that's it on the touch. You know, we had a, we had a good comeback last night on, uh, on UTSA. So that was good. Uh, I guess in theory it evens out, but like, I mean. If you blow a twenty-one point lead, laying two and a half, that's just, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, but anyway, I, I, I digress. Um, let's see. Let's let's talk about a couple. So, it's kind of going. We'll just go kind of chronologically, and I'll just I'll talk about some of my favorite picks, and then I know which one I, I have. A, I'm going to have a lock of the year. So, didn't have one last year. I had two lock in the months. We went two and zero. Two years ago, I had my Georgia Michigan lock of the year that hit. So, you know, I, I, I feel almost a little too good, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, let's start. So, let's see. South Florida, Syracuse. I'm not, like some of these, I'm not even like, I'm like, I'm literally going to give out the column and like literally, you know, tomorrow morning. And I still don't even know what I'm necessarily giving out on hey, some man, of these Have games. you never heard a, a brain dump from somebody who's tired <laughs> and doesn't have his spreadsheets pulled up? This is a perfect example of that. I have my spreadsheet pulled up. All right. I believe in you. I believe in you. I have it right here. Oh, man. I don't see a screen, but I know there's hella, hella spreadsheets. I got three screens, up. man. I got my three screens spread up right now. I got my, my, my betting splits on one. I got my power rings on another. You know, I got you know what you really need is that, that ugly Christmas sweater that says freak in the sheets, you know, in it's the Excel spreadsheet. That's what you need. That's that. Oh, what I need, that? What I need is that? the... Uh, have you seen the sweatshirt? It says, all I want for Christmas is the over. <laughs> yeah, I need one that says, all I want for Christmas is the under. I, I bet a lot of unders. So uh, I think, I don't know who was selling that, but uh, yeah. Well, anyway, to okay. Through so, some names here. Let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, let's see. I like Georgia Tech Friday night. Giving out the plus four and a half. It's a revenge spot. I just think these teams are really similar. Uh, you know, Gus Malzahn on UCF, uh, but I, I think the teams are too similar. I think they're both, you know, identical records and very similar conferences. Um, and I guess it's a neutral, it's in Tampa. So I guess, you know, it's also like literally in the middle of the two, uh, I guess Orlando and Atlanta, maybe Tampa's closer to Orlando. I think so. And he is referring um, to the union home mortgage Gasparilla. Bowl. The Ga- Georgia Gasparilla Tech. bowl. Yes. That's Georgia Friday Tech night. Versus UCF. <laughs> UCF. You have no plans on Friday night. I'll be I'll be at dinner, checking my phone every five minutes. Gasparilla bowl. Gasparilla. Oh, this is this one's one of my. Hear that little Spanish twang there, David? This is one of my all times. Uh, I love the Armed Forces Bowl because I basically just blind bet the military school every time. Military schools tend to perform well in bowls. They don't really have. I mean, not many people are like opting out of Air Force, right? like opting out of army they're like you know this is my last game before i gotta like go overseas to go fight for my country right so uh, the service academies are 21 and 9 against the spread in the past i don't know 20 years 
nine and two since 2015. All three teams made a bowl game last year. They went two and one. Uh, Why are they so, playing a 11 and one team? So James Madison, that's actually a good point. So James Madison is still, I think, technically ineligible to play in a bowl game because it's only their like second season in the FBS. When you make the transition from FCS to FCBS, you have to sit out two seasons. Because there weren't enough six and six or better teams, and like I think James Madison and Jacksonville State got to go play in a bowl game. So they're like a filler school. I I did not know that. I did did you know that, David? Nope. I did not know that. Oh, it was a big deal because James Madison didn't even get to play for the Sun Belt Championship, but they would have, and they would have won it. But they were ineligible because it was only their second year. The Sun Belt Championship was like Troy. Oh, man, who was it? It was Troy App State. That's right. Troy App State. And uh, it would have been James Madison Troy. Okay, so Air wow. Armed Forces Bowl. The Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah, so so give, give me Air Force there. I think my, my favorite two picks of the weekend – like Northwestern plus seven, you know, there's big, there's good trend teams that won zero to three games the year before or teams that like vastly improved their win total in the next year. It's going to be really amped. Northwestern hadn't played in the bowl game in a couple of years. Like most of these players haven't played in the bowl game. Um, you know, I don't think Utah's going to be that excited. Utah kind of burned me this year because their starting quarterback, fifth year senior, was out the entire season. I had their over eight and a half wins and they won eight games exactly. They definitely would have beaten Oregon State or at least one of those wins with, you know, maybe the reigning uh, all Pac-12 QB from like 2021. So, um, but he's back. Early national cha- or early uh, national championship ticket will certainly be Utah for me. Not because I think they're going to win the national championship next year, but I think they're going to win the Big 12, the new look Big 12, and I think they're going to make the playoff. And then I can just hedge because they're going to get a first round bye being a top four seed because they're going to be a conference champ. So that number is probably going to be like – I need to study. I need to study when the lines open. I need to study these uh, realignments because I had no fucking idea that Utah was going to the Big Twelve, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pac Twelve is gone. Yeah, all gone. Yeah, that's so. That's the best Big Twelve teams are Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Uh, This is a great question. Have you seen the Chip Kelly thing? Brett, have you seen the Chip Kelly clip? The Chip Kelly about how he's describing like how he would fix college football by you know separating from the rest of this. Have you not seen this clip? I haven't seen the clip. I think I saw the article. He said something like no conference. Have you seen this, David? You saw this, right? Yes, I've seen. I've seen it. Where he just we're we're educated. We know. In like a two minute spiel, he figured out the whole college. He fixed the whole college football system. You need to watch it. We won't. We won't. Really? Like, do you think he fixed it? Yes. Yes. Chip Kelly, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he like, he, uh, and then I, I listened to the Pat McAfee interview last night and he, uh, broke it down even more. And it was like, I was thinking, like, this, this is making insanely good sense. Like, there is not a flaw in it, in my opinion. It just made so much sense. So we'll see. I will, I'll read it later or I'll, I'll yeah, listen to watch, it. Later. Watch it later, uh, but keep going. Northwestern. Yeah, keep going. Northwestern's going to be motivated. Utah's got their like the pig farmer that helped them, the third string QB that helped them beat USC because I think they're backups in the portal. Um, so I, I just think Northwestern's going to be motivated. I like them to cover the touchdown. Bet that early. I think it's down to six and a half now. I like San Jose State. Speaking of opt outs, both seasons all about opt outs. I think half of Coastal Carolina's roster is gone, it feels like. Uh, Grayson McCall, who's like 
arguably the best QB in the group of five, finally uh, decided to enter the transfer portal. They'll be playing in the Power, power Five somewhere next year. Uh, if you don't know about Coastal Carolina, they were really good like last year uh, with Jimmy Chadwell, who was their head coach, and Jimmy Chadwell went to Liberty, and he's the one that has Liberty in the New Year's Six Bowl at 12-0. and uh, So Jimmy Chadwell is insanely good coach. Um, Coastal Carolina didn't really have as good of a year. San Jose State, 7-5, but they've won their last six games, and they actually got screwed in the Mountain West Championship. They were supposed to there's like a three-way tie at the top of the Mountain West, but like not all the teams had played each other. So they used like a computer formula. And the formula picked Boise State and UNLV to play each other and not San Jose State. So I think that there's going to be a big chip on San Jose State's shoulder right there. And I know the spread's kind of inflated up. I don't know what it's at now. Let's see what I got it at. Nine. It's at 10. I think I got it at 8.5. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'll send it out. What did I get it at? Yeah, eight and a half or nine. No, no, nine and a half. They stayed being pissed that a computer didn't pick you. (laughs) I know. Imagine um, knowing who's on the Coastal Carolina roster. Yeah, for real. I mean, I was going to, I wasn't going to like insult all of San Jose State, but I was going to (laughs) kind of, you know. I mean, who? I guess we we got a little while until we get to uh, some like, Actual schools, actually. No, no, no. no. We're, we're, we're coming up on it. Okay. I love Kansas UNLV over. So that's Tuesday, December 26th. The guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Who doesn't like some Tuesday night football? Like, you know, Kansas in the bowl game last year was, I think they played Arkansas. It was like 50 to 50 or something. This UNLV team kind of throws around. They get in shootouts. I think they were in a shootout with Vanderbilt earlier this season. So, I, yeah, I'm not sure on the exact status of or health of the Kansas quarterback, but I think I think this is just going to be, you know, throw it up and down the field, you know, all gas, no breaks. Um, let's see what else. I'm kind of moving down into Wednesday. My list over here. Oh, I love the – oh. Yeah, so this is the uh, – I like West Virginia here. It's on Wednesday the 27th. It moved up to six and a half. I still like it. I got part of it at three as well. Uh, I, I think, you know, Drake May opted out. You know, North Carolina, I feel like they do the same thing every year where it's like everyone thinks they're good, and then they just, you know, completely capitulate down the stretch. Um, yeah, give, me, give, give me West Virginia there. They had a really good season. Uh, their coach, Neil Brown, saved his job. There are rumors. You know, he was on the hot seat especially after that loss to Penn State in week one. And so they, they really rebounded nicely, and I think that they're actually going to be really excited to play in, uh, in this bowl game. Uh, Louisville, USC. Honestly, like, you know, obviously, like, Caleb Williams is out. The leading, I think, receiver is out as well. But I, I just – I'm really not that big of a fan of Louisville. I just think the ACC was overrated. I mean, Louisville lost to Kentucky at home, right, in the last week of the season. So, I uh, I just – I mean, if I'm getting north of a touchdown, like, I'll probably take USC plus the seven and a half. This A&M-Oklahoma State game, this is, this is what I call an F game right here because you just – you have – this is just one of those where it's like any of the scenario – like, I could see A&M winning. I could see Oklahoma State winning. I could see an over – and under i mean my, my best advice is just stay away from this game but you know gun to my head you have to make the pick like i'm taking the sec team laying the small number so g- give me wow. a wow let's I get it i not expect that let's get it 
Oh yeah. You know, the ones that are left are going to be, you know, motivated, excited, whatever, you know, I just, I, I got, I, you know, again, it's an F game. I wouldn't put any serious money on it. I could see anything going that way. One of my favorite bets, the game that basically I, I, no one's going to be watching is the Thursday game at one fifteen. The bad boy mowers, which is actually a company that uh, my firm owns, in Stripe Bowl. Rutgers, Miami at Yankee Stadium. Give me Rutgers. Greg Schiano, they're going to be pumped for this game. Miami faded, you know, kind of faded down the stretch. I kind of find myself off on a lot of ACC teams here, but I, I just think Rutgers is going to be really motivated. You know, if they're going to be playing a name brand, play, you know, they're going to muck it up. It's going to be cold. Uh, you know, Yankee Stadium, hopefully snowing. So, uh, you know, Miami having to go all the way up to New York in that cold in December. I mean, Rutgers is in New Jersey, right? They're used to it. Uh, g- g- give me Rutgers there. I think I got them at plus two and a half. It might be lower now. Uh, a lot of, see, some of these, you know, it's, the key is either you want to fire at the beginning or you just want to wait right till kickoff. You either want to fire before the market adjusts or you want to wait till you have all the information possible about a game and then you bet at the end. So that's, that's, that, that would be my advice. Um, I like NC State, but I also like the under. NC State's kind of in my low-key Iowa team. So everyone's been talking about Iowa, all the Iowa unders. But NC State, I think, went under in all but one of their their ACC games. I just kept firing the under with them. They're they're very, very similar. They're just Iowa that no one talks about. They went like 9-3, and three, I think. You know, that's pretty good for not really having a quarterback or an offense. Um, their, their defense is stout. I'm a fan of Coach Doran. Dave Doran all, that's, uh, always, you know, kind of outperforms expectations. I think Kansas State, you know, took a step back from last year with, you know, going uh, winning the Big 12, going to the Sugar Bowl. So uh, I'll, I'll take the under there. like Arizona as well as the upstart program. I like them over Oklahoma. You see some opt-outs on the Oklahoma side. Uh, you know, Jeff, or, oh, is it Jed Fish? I think it's Jed Fish is Arizona's coach. Don't be mad if you're a fan of Arizona and I misquoted your football coach. But I think it's Jed Fish, and they're doing a good job. Um, so I'll take Arizona. Moving on, okay, one of my other favorite bets. This one I got in super early. Notre Dame, Oregon State under. I got the 45 or 45 and a half. I think it's down to 44 now. You got the Notre, oh, the Notre Dame wide receivers are out. Notre Dame QB, uh, oh, what's his name? Sam Hartman is out. Um, Oregon State's a defensive team. You know, they, they play a lot of, uh, they play a lot of low scoring games, even in the Pac-12. This just absolutely screams under to me. Uh, this screams 21-17 in either direction. That one's in El Paso, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Another interesting one where I have, I have I still have no clue, and fortunately I have another week to decide. Clemson-Kentucky to me is a very, very fascinating matchup because I feel like it's two teams that are probably better than their record would indicate. You know, Clemson kind of, they went 4-4, four and four, and then they've really you know, kind of stepped it up, winning their last four. Uh, you know, I don't know if, they're going to be, you know, a sleepy team, a sneaky team, you know, next year that'll be under the radar because everyone's going to have Florida State. But, uh, you know, if there if there's any fight left in Dabo, this is this would be the start of it. Um, so I'm, I'm laying off that game. I lean Memphis against Iowa State. Okay, now we're getting to the New Year's Six games, the Friday night game, Missouri-Ohio State. This is classic, all about motivation. It's all about attitude. Missouri has the chance to have their first 11-win season and Lord knows how long, you know, what maybe the best year in program history or, you know, at least in my lifetime. And Ohio State, 
it's just same old barely lost to Michigan or, you know, lost to Michigan and barely missed out in the playoffs. I, I don't think they're going to care that much. I also do not, I'm not a fan of Ryan Day, as I've mentioned on this podcast before. He was born on third base. So uh, I like Missouri, like the under two. Um, this one, I, I'm just, I can, I think every year I take Ole Miss in a bowl game and like more years than not some like, Screwy shit happens and I lose. I just remember from two years ago they played Baylor in the Sugar Bowl and uh, that was when Matt Corral got hurt. But I I also like you know Ole Miss covering against Penn State. I don't think Penn State is that good. I don't think they have an offense. Uh, I'm sure the Penn State defense is pretty good, but I believe their coordinator is no longer at Penn State. Um, so I I, I I'll, I'll take Ole Miss with the four. The Auburn line moved up. I, I bet it at minus two and a half, but uh, Maryland's QB to his little brother. Talia is already out. Um, so I think that line jumped up to six and a half, but I'm, I'm glad I got it at two and a half. I wish I would have put more on it. I just yeah. like sprinkled a couple of these and said I'd refocus when it gets closer. And I really should have just you know, put the full amount. Georgia, Florida State, I, you know, this is going to be a high profile one. I'm not sure if Florida State's really going to show up or not. I'm not sure if Georgia's going to show up or not. You know, if they if Georgia wasn't playing, you know, Florida State or something, I would think that Georgia wouldn't show up because it's this, this this classic like SEC team that barely misses out on like the natty or the or the or playoff, like just doesn't care about the bowl game. You see that with Georgia in 2018 against Texas, Auburn in 2017 against UCF, Alabama in 2013 after the kick six, they like lost to, by two touchdowns to Oklahoma. You see it with Alabama, Utah in 2008. You see it with Florida, Louisville in 2009. I mean, the list goes on and on. SEC teams barely missing the national championship, the playoffs on that last game, and they're just not caring at all during bowl season. So I would not be surprised if, if this game is a tight game. That being said, I just think the under is the play. Because if both teams come to play, Florida State's defense is legit. Georgia's defense is legit going to go under if neither team comes to play i think it could go under and if georgia comes to play and you know florida state i guess tries to come to play i just think you know that's a classic like 31 to 7 game i i don't see that florida state offense scoring that many points so i love the under there um, i think it's I don't like a LSU. battle a battle of uh who gives less fucks Yes, and ironically, like, it should be a battle of who cares more, right? Because like they both got quote unquote screwed from the playoff. So, um, yeah, that'll that'll be an interesting game. Wanna, I want to think. I would think they want to show up and play that one pretty hard. I would think, you know, it just depends on the transfer portal, though. That's the thing. So silly. So many players, like, yeah. I mean, Florida I'm State. Happy. Florida State has so many transfers right now. Their sack leader Jared Verse is in the portal. Uh, their yeah, running back is in the portal. They can't. They can't keep that. It's it's so bad for the sport. The transfer portal, so bad. I think they the should sport. keep it. I just don't think they should do it in December. Like, why not do it in January? Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, just something because it's like it's literally untapped, like unregulated free agency. Man, it's like it's crazy. It, it's like there's no rules. Like it's just. I mean, we lose what, like sixty percent of that class, seventy percent of that, you know, draft class we or that not draft class, the recruiting class we had. It's just like because they all just leave. It's like it's silly, and then they go a, another team the next year. It's like there's no punishment for it. It's it's crazy. I think, I think somebody said that they need to, like Brett was saying, move it to January or <clears throat> after National Signing Day, 
So that way it's like, it's kind of a weird thing because since the transfer portal was like before National Signing Day, in a way the high school kids, they're kind of getting stiff-armed a little bit because as a coach, you're going to go after, I mean, you're going to start with the transfer portal because that's what's first. You can't wait on the recruits and then you're five months late to recruit on the transfer portal. Um, so I think that's, I like that idea. Like, move, I think it was Joel Klatt, Joel Klatt. Now that I think about it, he's so um, smart, dude. He, he like has such move. a good take on most things. Just move it to after national signing day. Yeah, it's a problem, but hopefully they fix that. They already fixed the playoffs. So the Chip Kelly yeah. idea really should be implemented, but keep going, Brett, what, you, what else you got? Let's yeah, yeah, we're almost we're almost done. So my one no, rule. No, no. Georgia, no, no, do I have really like four games left? So do you know my one rule? My one sports betting rule, Alex. I break uh, my one rule. I'm forced yeah. to, but I have one rule. What's your rule? <clears throat> he doesn't bet for LSU. I don't um, bet LSU games. Yes, there you go, David. I never bet LSU games. The only time I break it is bowl season because of my parlay system so I, I don't really do parlays throughout the year but i do 110 or 115 three team parlays throughout bowl season uh, i kind of have like a system that i have it's like each part each i pick one pick per game and then each game starts three parlays and then like i i, I don't want i don't have to go into the full detail i'll spare i'll spare your readers but essentially it's just 110 three pick parlays i need to have a pick on every game that i have it in no, I'm interested. How do, you make a, how do you make 110 picks? How many bowl games are there? Like 42. Okay, so how the do you way make it works is, in like the okay. short version? Like how do you do yes, this? Short version. So each pick starts three parlays. One parlay is always the three games in a row. So game one, game two, game three. Game two, game three, game four. Game three, the game four, day. game five. No, just for bowl season, all 42. Oh, oh okay, okay. Six, game seven, game eight. Game six might be Tuesday. Game seven might be Wednesday. Game eight might be Thursday. The whole point with that one is if I hit, if I win, if I get on a win streak at all, if I win like three in a row, then I hit a parlay. If I win four in a row, then I win two parlays, right? Because I win the first three and then the two, three, four of that four game win streak, for example. So it's good to be streaky. So that's always one third of the parlays. Second third of the parlays is the game. That's currently on the the game mm. that the parlay starts, as I mentioned, each bowl game, okay. and one game in the middle of a pick that I like. And then the third leg is like my favorite bet of bowl season, which I, and I always try to make it like the last game for the most part because it's uh, the playoff in the year six because that's generally where teams care more, so I feel more confident in those. This year it is one of the playoff games, and we'll get to that. It's also my lock of the year pick, and so that's the third leg, a third of the parlays. And therefore, at the end of bowl season, I might have, you know, 10 or 15 parlays that have hit two of the three legs already. And all I need is that third third leg, that pick. And then I can uh, see how much I'm up and all the payout. And then I can kind of hedge, right, and lock in uh, some of the money on the other side. And it's especially good when you bet it and you get closing line value, i.e. you bet a team minus two and a half. And then the spread jumps up to three and a half by close. And then you can hedge and bet the other side plus three and a half when you're hedging your, your, your parlays. And then you can, you have potential to win both your hedge and the parlays if you meet in the middle, which I do think there's potential with my pick as well for the spread to change in 
my favor, which is another reason why I like and chose the pick that I chose. Then a third parlay of the three, I said each pick starts three parlays. A third parlay is just kind of like three that I like, like one, just one beginning of the season, one in the middle, one towards the end, or just, you know, kind of mix and match. Sometimes I try to do like coordinated. So like I might take like three Mountain West teams. I might take like three SEC West teams. I might take like three, you know, Southern Bowl game overs or something, or, uh, you know, three, you know, Sunbelt uh, versus the Mac, like take all the Sunbelt teams or, you know, whatever. Mm. So try to see like what's correlated, right? Because odds are, not that it exactly works like this, but if like, you know, if the SEC covers against a Big Ten team, odds are maybe the whole Big Ten's overrated and the whole SEC's underrated, right? So like, for example, mm. like a parlay that I'll have will be like, I'll have of LSU, Ole Miss and Alabama, for example, because that's like three SEC West teams going up against three Big Ten teams. And I'll just take all three of those on the spread because maybe they're all collectively undervalued. Or you can bet it the other way if you think the Big Ten's undervalued, you know? Mm. So um, it's, it's not, you know, that it's a little bit more of an art or science, but that's like the gist. And so essentially mm-hmm. it turns into like 115, 120. I, I, I don't know. It depends how I'm doing is how many parlays I do like at the end. But because uh, mm. sometimes like, the last like eight games, I might like bet two picks per game, like in the parlays. I'm generally betting both the spread and total on all these bowl games, but I might like do like I might have an over in the game, and then I might have a favorite in the game, just in two different parlays, for example. Mm. So, um, but it's fun. It's the only time I do it. Anyway, I, or any questions I should say before I before I no. go back to the games? Does no, that kind of make sense? Right. That's yeah, the yeah, shortest yeah. way to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Very oh, very meticulous. Yeah. I have to take the LSU game. Uh, normally I like to take the total because I don't like really, you know, putting LSU, like having the spread or rooting against them. But last year I had LSU. I was like, you couldn't even write a number high enough. Purdue had everyone opt out. LSU was motivated. They won 65 to seven. This year, I think for the most part, the team's playing except for Jaden Daniels who opted out uh, the Heisman trophy winner. But this is like Nuss Meyer. who's the backup his chance to kind of prove and solidify the starting job for next year. Because if he looks bad, we're going to go to the portal, right? Um, you know, I mean, he's looked good in the times he's come in, and you know, but I, I think he's going to care. I think LSU wants to get to another 10-win season, to have two 10-win seasons in Brian Kelly's first two years. So, you know, I would probably just lay the points with LSU. I, I We're playing a Big Ten West team. We're playing 7-5 and five Wisconsin, right? Like, our defense is horrific. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, I, I just – I just think the whole Big Ten overall, and especially the Big Ten West, is just like you can't really back them. The only one I would consider backing is this next game, Iowa-Tennessee, because Iowa always tends to to play their bowl games really tough. You know, I think last year they beat Kentucky like 21-0. I mean, Kentucky had a backup QB, but either way, like, um, so, you know, I, I'll, I'll be on LSU. I don't really have a play in the Iowa-Tennessee game. I mean, I don't know. It's gone under how many times? Like, Tennessee's got a really good defense, so, like, I could see it going under, but, like, you're always – a special teams or defensive touchdown away from an over and this is a bowl game. And, you know, I think yeah. Iowa had like a pick six last year or something. So, uh, and then give me Liberty, you know, Oregon, or give me death. To SEC. Or give yeah. Me give me death. Liberty or give me death, man. That'll, that'll be on, uh, that'll be in the column. I just, Liberty will be excited to be there. They're undefeated. They're 12 and 0. Uh, you know, okay. they're playing a big, bad Oregon, Oregon, you know, had everything to play for and lost against, Washington, you have to wonder for their focus. The game, I'm not sure is uh, 
Yeah, I mean, officially right now, like Bo Nix and the wide receivers haven't opted out. God, Bo why would Bo? Why his, would Bo Nix opt out? <laughs> yeah, he loves college football. Any done? He's gonna play another ten years. He dude, <laughs> that dude's gonna be like freaking forty years old playing college football, dude. Did he threw for four thousand yards, forty tuds. The fact, the three fact, three ints, that... dude, three, just three ints, forty tuds. That's nuts. The fact that. You know, he broke the record for most games started by a quarterback or whatever played. And everybody told him, get a fucking job. <laughs> You've been in fucking college football for too long. Cause... Oh, yeah. he was a, I believe he was playing college football when we were still in school. I remember him being a freshman, true freshman yeah. at Auburn, bro. Like yeah, at Auburn, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Dude. Living life still, just enjoying it. I love that for him. Brett, like, during our little, like, sidebars here, just, like, turns to his computer and starts, like, reading something. I don't know what you're reading, but what, re- what, uh, re- reanalyzing his spreadsheets. Yeah. Give me, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. I'm a multitasker, Alex. Yeah. I just got a work email. Um, but anyway, uh, Are you answering a work okay. email? I invite you on the podcast. Here we go. To answer work emails. Unbelievable. Multitasking, man. Okay, here we go. The last two games. We're going to start with the last one first because I'm saving the the Rose Bowl has my lock of the year that you might you might you might be able to guess what it's going to be. But uh, we'll we'll start with the the uh, the Sugar Bowl, man. Texas, Washington. Everyone's been doubting this Washington team the whole year. Obviously, you know they they didn't really look good in the middle of the season. They played with their food against low competition, but they kind of always had that kind of it factor to kind of you know really squeeze it out it's it's in a lot of ways this washington team's kind of similar to tcu last year i mean tcu is fraudulent and extremely lucky and fortunate in turnovers and a lot of things the whole season this washington team is not fraudulent like tcu in that regard or getting you know outgained or getting i mean tcu played against like four backup quarterbacks because they injured the starting quarterback i mean it was ridiculous um so I, I, everyone's like really quick to just crown Texas is going to win and go into Houston. But I mean, for, I mean, y'all are A&M guys for anyone that knows Texas. I mean, it's like anytime that you're like, everyone's just like singing kumbaya, Texas is going to walk all over them. I mean, you know, they, sometimes bad things right. happen. So I wouldn't really write off, write off Washington. Uh, I, I'm probably going to bet in Washington. I, I think it's up to four and a half now. Uh, if yep. it's at four, I, I'm just going to wait. Is it at four and a half now? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's probably a start. That's probably a spot where I'll probably buy because I have a good feeling that um, some some money will come in on Washington later. And it's like four and a half. Oh. It's like it's probably not getting to seven, right? So, you, so bro, um, take that money line, bro. Fuck that spread. Texas is not beating Washington, bro. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate the support there. I mean, I just I'm not. You're wrong. <laughs> don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, no, I, 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 I know. Washington's the okay. better team, bro. Like Texas could try to fool America all they want, but they cannot fool me. And Washington they is are. the better team, bro. They perform better. They just got that it. They got okay. that it. Meanwhile, Texas is over here barely struggling to get by Kansas State. I, and I, they I beat up you. on little old Oklahoma State, and everybody thinks they're big and bad. You you could be right. I, I'm not I'm not dying on the hill that uh that that Texas is going to win the game. But you know if there were a college football script 
there were a college football script, the script would have Alabama and Texas in Houston in a rematch. Which uh, would, would be something special because it would be the third time that Alabama would be playing in a national championship in a rematch. It would also be the third time that Alabama would be playing in that rematch against a team playing in their home state. It could be the third time that Alabama, who had lost the first game, beats that team in the rematch, rematch in their home state. For the, for if, you, if you're not recalling the other two times, 2011, LSU beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Alabama was fortunate, got lucky. Oklahoma State choked and missed a field goal against Iowa State. Obviously haven't gotten over it, if you can't tell. Uh, and instead of LSU playing Oklahoma State in the national championship in New Orleans, in Louisiana, they played Alabama, and Alabama won the rematch. 20, uh, what was the other year? 2021, sorry, 2017. Bro, we get it. Alabama's been to a lot Alabama of championships and played a lot of people, bro, in those no, championships. In Thank you, David. They played Georgia in Atlanta. I can I can guess the lock is probably Michigan is two and a two point favorites. I'm like, I'm not a sports better, but I would bet on Alabama to win, bro. That's okay. That's so here crazy. we go. I don't know where I gave you that impression, but my lock of the year. But I, I like. I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna have to move out of my house because <laughs> I, I might get a little crazy with this one. I have absolutely no idea. Why Alabama is an underdog in this game. I think Alabama is going to beat Michigan by 17. I was going to say Lock 30. of the year, Alabama. I was going to say 32. <laughs> <laughs> the concern that I have, everyone, every casual fan, most people think the same thing. All the money and the sharps too, or like a lot of people are on Alabama, and somehow line is still Michigan minus one, minus two. I have like I have no idea who the hell is betting Michigan, and let, let me explain. Let me explain a couple of things. I'll, I'll first explain why Alabama is going to dominate. Then I'll explain why I think the line is where it is, and then I'd love for y'all to comment or say agree or disagree with anything I say. Formula for beating Alabama is you need first off you need speed, which Michigan just doesn't have. We'll just answer that one right there. The only teams that beat Alabama have SEC speed and fast speed. And the only team, the Big Ten, that has SEC speed is Ohio State. It's like a rock, paper, scissors thing. Like, Ohio State can do well against the SEC. Michigan's better than Ohio State because they can beat them up physically. And the SEC can dominate Michigan because they're slow. And Michigan doesn't have that, like, rough, tough physicality game because the SEC is just going to be faster and is going to also be as physical as Michigan. Anyway, I, the formula for being Alabama is you need that dynamic quarterback. You need, uh, I mean, like dual threat or can at least beat you some with their legs and through the air, right? And you, you need, need a good Trevor Knight. Well, that was the Oklahoma. That was when they didn't care, but sure. Okay. If you want, that was the 2013 matchup I was talking about earlier. If you look at the game, like Jaden Daniels last year, you know, Alabama, like, you know, dual threat, can run, can throw. You look at the other people, like Joe Burrow, Chad Kelly. With old with those you know Ole Miss teams, damn it, Cam Newton, JJ McCarthy isn't even in the realm of quarterbacks that can beat Alabama. They'll say, okay, well, in 2014, Ohio State beat Alabama. And they had like the third string quarterback. 
I said, well, yes, but guess who they had? They also had like Zeke. They had wide receivers. They had the speed on the defense. It was, I mean, th- that 2014 Ohio State team is way different than this 2023 Michigan team. So I, I don't see it on offense. Defense on the physicality, I, it, like you're just you're you're not going to beat Bama at the line of scrimmage. I mean, Georgia, the two-time defending champions, the ones who are supposed to be entrenched on the offensive and defensive line, got absolutely bodied and manhandled in the SEC championship. That was my biggest bet to date was as Alabama plus six. You know, in a weird way, I felt more uneasy about Bama plus six. I had Bama money line. I had Bama. Plus, I had basically more on Bama plus six. I should have done more of the money line. And that was that historical thing of. You know, Alabama struggles always in the Iron Bowl, and they don't lose in Atlanta, and especially don't lose to Georgia in Atlanta. And, you know, you saw it in 2021 where they, you know, Bryce Young barely beat Auburn in overtime. Georgia was 12-0, and and then Alabama won like 41-24 over that undefeated team. And then, I mean, Georgia beat them in the rematch, but for that matchup is what I'm talking about. And basically the same thing happened here. So, that being said, Michigan has no profile of a team that would beat Alabama. Alabama has the physicality. The offensive line's playing better. They're going to be able to run on Michigan. They're definitely going to be able to throw on Michigan. But more importantly, I don't see how Michigan scores in this game. Blake Corum is a shell of what he was last year. He's also not Ezekiel Allett. He's not Christian McCaffrey. Alabama defensive line is, is going to, you know, unlike Ohio State, Alabama defensive line can match up well. And, and, and uh, you know, like, I don't think Michigan's going to be able to run the ball. And I can't tell you, I don't even know the name of a Michigan wide receiver. I don't even think they're remotely going to be NFL players. Like, you need NFL skill position players to beat Alabama. You need the speed. And I just, I don't see it. I, the only way, the only way that Michigan wins this game, and maybe that's what, like, you know, my, I'm going to unload, I'm going to get unlucky, and this is going to happen, is Milrow gets injured. I guess he runs around, and there's an increased risk of injury. And a game plan is rough and injure Milrow. Then they're probably screwed because they don't have any other quarterback. Alabama turns it over, like, what, at least twice? Or maybe the special teams? You know, Michigan had that punt return against Iowa. The same thing happens. I I, I just I don't see a way that, that Michigan consistently run, can, can move the ball against Alabama. I just don't. I'm just – I'm going to say this. We all saw that video when Michigan was sitting there as a team and the Alabama logo <laughs> on the screen, bro. They already yes. won the battle. Point number two and the last point, dude, they got fucking Nick Saban. Like, Nick Saban is going to be better than any Harbaugh ever. Sorry. That's just how it is. So, Nick Saban on top of the mental battle, bro, they already won. In fact, I'm, I'm going to bet on this game and bet Alabama. It's like, how could you not? But that's what's concerning to me because the average Joe is betting on Georgia minus six. Appreciate that. The SEC championship. No, not you specifically, but just a lot of people in general. So like, I don't know. I don't know who's like, you know, public dogs are the worst things to bet on. And Alabama's like a public underdog because everyone's like, oh, Alabama SEC is going to win. So I guess part two, this is why I think the spread is what it is. First off, Vegas has been completely off on Alabama the entire season, in both directions. They've been too low on Alabama, and they've been too high on Alabama in both directions. Alabama was like an eight-point favorite against Texas. They lost by 10. They were a 30-something point favorite against South Florida, leading like 10-3 with five minutes left in the game, and won by 14. They were a huge favorite against Arkansas, only won by three. And they were a small favorite. Oh, someone knows something against LSU. 
I mean, that game was going to be closer if Daniels didn't get hurt, but whatever. But they, they covered that game. They were a tiny favorite against Ole Miss. Covered that game. Then they were a huge favorite against, you know, Auburn. Barely won and needed fourth and goal from the 31 to win that one. And they were a six-point underdog in Georgia and then won outright. A lot of times that Vegas has been off by at least a touchdown on Alabama I, I, you, in both directions, not even just one direction, in both directions. I just don't think that they properly know how to grade Alabama. And the reason I don't think that they know how to grade Alabama is because this Alabama team, more than any other team under Nick Saban, has grown and changed the most since game one to now. They're a completely yeah. different team than when they played Texas. They had two new coordinators and a new starting quarterback. They had an inexperienced offensive line. The team right now, Alabama, is way better than that team in game two. Number two, and maybe is another reason why I think that this line is, is, is low, Alabama's been very inconsistent as well. And they could have that matchup they had against Auburn. They played their best game, most complete game against Georgia. Their backs were against the wall. They needed a win to be in. They're playing against, you know, this whole, like, Georgia's going to be the, is the new Alabama dynasty or whatever. And they had all the motivation in the world. And they played their best complete game, not penalties, whatever, and won. Are they going to play, have that same mentality? Are they going to play that same game and, you know, not be inconsistent? I would think yes. I think if, if Saban has four weeks to prepare and also has four weeks to go tell his five stars that no one believes in you and respects you because you just beat the two-time defending champion and you're still an underdog, like, if that doesn't scream that they're going to play their A game, I don't know what does, right? I mean, this exactly. is, you know, the most confusing Bama performance the history of Saban being there is that 2018 national championship where they were just running through everyone. And then they lost to Clemson. I don't know if you remember that they lost like 48, 16 to Trevor Lawrence's freshman year. And I, I mean, I was, I don't think I've ever been more stunned in a game. I remember loading up on halftime and Alabama was like even money just to win the game. And I was like, this is like the best Saban team of all time. But again, I'll go back to this. I'm going to keep refuting my trying to talk myself out of Bama. Clemson had four NFL defensive linemen, four first-rounders on the defensive line on that team that, that beat Alabama. And they still needed, you know, a couple things to go their way, and it's snowball and all this stuff, man, missed field goal turnovers, all that stuff. Michigan does not have four first-round NFL defensive linemen, right? So you know, I, I don't know what the angle is there. And then lastly, the, third, the number one reason why I think that this game has this Michigan as a slight favorite is that the computers – and the formulas, first off, of the relative strengths of the SEC and the Big Ten off. Because a lot of the players and teams in the SEC are breaking in new players and they didn't prepare and they didn't perform well in week one. And the computers still remember that as an even thing. Yeah, because yeah. after week one, the SEC plays each other and the Big Ten plays each other, right? But in actuality, wow. all those SEC teams that were figuring stuff out are a lot better now than they were in week one. So Bama's mm -hmm. performance against them is less weighted. Number two, Bama goes and plays Ole Miss. Hey, and then bro, they play. You, have, bro, you got like 10 points on this, brother. Why don't you just bet Alabama like the rest I of am, us? Because we all know <laughs> Alabama's going to win this game. Like this is, this is to me a no doubter. If Alabama loses this football game, it would be embarrassing for the SEC. It'd be embarrassing for Nick Saban. It'd just be an embarrassment. I mean, this is this, this Michigan team. First of all, they had a cheating scandal in the middle of the season. So that happened. 
but they're not equipped to beat Alabama. You can analyze the game as much as you want, look at all of it, but at the end of the day, when they step on the painted lines, brother, Alabama's a better football team. They're going to win that game. Alabama shows up. I've watched them year over year show up. They always do. So they will show up. They'll go back, and they'll beat Texas as a national champion. You can you can put money on Alabama being the national champions this year. It's just that easy. If it isn't, I mean, then I, it's going to be one of those years where we look back and we're like, what the fuck happened? So I, I, I completely agree with you. And I have a Bama 7-1 future ticket that I placed at the beginning of the season, too. So, like, you know, I'm already invested there. But it's like just – I, I, I don't know. It just it makes no sense to me that Alabama's an underdog. I think Michigan just no, blows no. out these teams, and they're like, oh, well, Michigan's just really good because they're beating Minnesota 36-7, to while Alabama going through the SEC gauntlet after three tough matches only beats Arkansas by three. It's like, okay, well, Michigan must be better. But it's like, I mean, the fact that they have Penn State ranked, like, ESPN's way off. They haven't third. But a lot of Vegas teams are like Penn State at, like, fourth or fifth in the country. And it's like, no, like, the rest of the Big Ten is just horrible why these teams mm. look so good oh i i know i could i could go on and on to me it's like it's one of those things where it's like you, the best bets to make are the ones that give you slight pause and slight indigestion and that's what alabama plus six over georgia was gave me slight pause well maybe georgia is the real deal this one i don't really have that slight pause which is a little concerning to me i need to find it before before i really get there because my lock of the year two years ago was georgia minus seven over michigan and i was like well this is also obvious georgia it's basically just the exact carbon copy of Michigan, except just faster, bigger, and stronger. And then Georgia went out and walloped them by like 20 points. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, and, but then I was like, oh, well, maybe Michigan will keep it close and then they'll backdoor or something. They won't. I don't have that. Like, my, 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 dad, went, my dad went to Michigan oh. State. I'm a huge fan of Michigan State. Like, I watch, I, I haven't watched many of their games this year because their coach got fired and all that bullshit happened. But I hate Michigan. Michigan sucks. Ohio State is always better than Michigan. Harbaugh sucks. So I'm so happy Nick Saban gets to just personally just whoop up on that ass. That's what I'm excited to see. So I think, uh, I mean, I, that's, I, I can't We've go. We've been a dead horse at this point. But yeah, we've been a dead horse. G- give me Bama. Give me Bama or death. That's my, my <laughs> lock of the year. Bama minus five. Damn, David hadn't talked in so long. He had to clear his throat. Minus five. Where, where, where are you getting that? You, you doing the alternate line or something? Hell yeah, I slid it to as far as it could go on the Alabama side. It'll, it wouldn't <laughs> let me go a past. Good idea. It wouldn't let me go past minus five. So I was like, Bro, they're gonna be the minus. minus. <laughs> Wait, that's Bro, a good idea. I took Georgia alternate line last year. At like, I think I took Georgia like minus twenty four and a half at, or twenty two and a half at like three to one. That's yeah. not a bad idea. I bet I could probably get Bama minus like six for like three to one odds or Dude, something. I was, I, mean, I was hoping, I was hoping, let me do like up to nine and a half, bro. Like, I was like, let me keep going, man. Oh, I, I'd go higher than that. The, the last thing I'm going to say, this is separate from like Vegas, you know, just my, my theories of why it is. My score prediction for this game, I think this is exactly, this is Bama Clemson 2017 all over again. Clemson undefeated, bad quarterback. Was before that was post Deshaun Watson before Trevor Lawrence, 2017. Alabama suffered early season loss, got in as the four seed. Uh, they or they lost to yeah they lost to Auburn in the Iron Bowl. That was it. And then Georgia beat Auburn. So Georgia was the three seed against Oklahoma. Alabama. It was in the Sugar Bowl. It was New Year's Day in the Sugar Bowl, 2017. Clemson. Everyone talking defending national champs. All this hoo ha. Alabama lost. Can they do it? 
Alabama goes in there, played the most Iowa boring football game of all time, and beat them 24 to 7. So I'm going 27 10. Alabama. 27 10. 42 know, 13. <laughs> Dude, I think Milrow is going to have at least 30. I think, I think they just run. have at least four touchdowns rushing. I don't know. I like angry saving, bro. Angry no, saving, I think you're going. Right? No, I, I, he, I don't think it's going to be that high score. Pour it on, dude. If he could put up seventy, he'd put up seventy, and that's what I love about him. I think save Milro might throw six times. I'm not joking. I literally think they're going to line up every play and just run it down Michigan's throat because they're a dominant 42, team. 13. Forty-two, thirteen. I think they're going to sling the rock, bro. I think they will too. I think it's going to be. They're going to just pour it on. Okay. It's gonna be like twenty four seven going into half. Like I don't believe... care, but look, I got even money at saving to win a game. College football. Think about how that crazy that is. You can get better than even money on Nick Saban to win a football game. Great. <laughs> well, Brett. Can you believe can can you believe that this man, Nick Saban's so good? He got Bill O'Brien on his coaching staff. For real. And he's still out here doing the thing. For real. It's the worst. Can't believe it, man. Can't believe it. Well, two fans. We appreciate Brett's time and his multitasking and his spreadsheets. Most importantly, Brett's best bets. You know where to reach us if you want to get added. The greatest spreadsheet collection known to man will actually make you money, which is a good thing. Well, it's not a spreadsheet collection. It's a it's a it's an article. It's a report. It's an article. It's a nice little article. I like the. It is. You're right. It is kind of an article. It's a post. It's a bulletin. He he has some eight page stuff. You know, memes of the week and whatnot. Mm. You know what I mean? Little tables. Got some. Got some. Some funny memes. Got some reading. Good place to be. Your sports better reach out. Two fans. You know where to find us. Once a week. Every week. And uh, we will see you next time.